For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. It's the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. It's Tuesday, April 5th, 2022. I'm Beckler. Shauna is away today. She was supposed to be here, but she got stuck uh, because the highway was closed between Revelstoke and Golden in that pass there. Um, because of heavy snowfall, it was supposed to snow like 40 centimeters there or something. And I, I think they were also doing some kind of av- avalanche control. So they closed the highway and she messaged yesterday just before noon and said, we're going to get an update on the highway at four o'clock. But as of right now, it's closed and it's looking like we might not be able to make it back. And then later in the day, she said, you know, even if the highway does open, it's going to be a long and dicey drive through the night, through the mountains, through that fresh snow to get back. So she made the right call. I mean, it's definitely don't take that kind of risk if you don't have to. And then like what you get here after driving all night and are expected to do a show. That's no, that wouldn't work. So I'm glad she decided to play it safe. Um, it is funny though because a few years ago she got snowed in in Fernie, and like this is getting snowed in is like Shauna's dream, right? Fresh snow. I, I, and I'm wondering if she maybe got a day in at Revelstoke because I think they spent the night at Revelstoke. And if it snowed 40 centimeters and you're stuck in Revelstoke anyway, you're probably going to go for for a rip if you can. Um, but a few years back when this happened in Fernie, she was messaging our our boss and and me and being like, "Yeah, geez, I'm so sorry. It's not looking good. I'm I'm really sorry. I won't be able to make it." And then on Instagram, she was like, "This is the best day of my life." <laughs> but she should be back tomorrow, provided the road is clear. On today's show, we're gonna talk about some exercises that can help with a problem many couples have. A uh, new type of snob. A friend of the show who had to spend the night on the mountain in the backcountry due to a snowmobiling accident. He's going to tell us all about that. We're going to talk a bit about potential ways this conflict in Ukraine could come to an end. A bit about expiration dates on products. My wife, McKenna, has her version of the news. Some more silly country lyrics. Oh, also, I posted a video on TikTok last night. It's blowing up right now. And it's it's about what I feel are two of the coolest images ever taken by humanity. So if that sounds interesting, at Beckler89 on TikTok. But first, your out-of-context clip of the show. And we like boobs. And we can't say why, but we like boobs. And please, please show us boobs. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Yesterday, a friend of the show and University of Calgary economist Trevor Toome tweeted out this graph showing the effect that suspending the Alberta gas tax has had on gas prices. We've talked a lot about gas prices on the show recently, as I'm sure it's present in your mind as well. Um, and he's, Trevor found, based on the data that was released yesterday, that... Here in Alberta, basically, as he put it, the entire tax reduction was passed through. So we got about as much savings as we could at the pumps. Like it was a, What he did is he compared Alberta's gas prices to those in what he calls synthetic Alberta, which is an average of BC, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and Ontario. And we saw a relative price drop at the pumps of 12 cents per liter after uh, April 1st. So that's that's tremendous news. I mean, it's not a, it's not going to make or break most people, but when everything costs so much, it is as we put it, a little victory. Did you see this video? So on Friday, when that uh, when we when the gas tax relief came into effect, 
Uh, Premier Kenny went to a gas station uh, in his famous blue truck, his truck, the one that he campaigned in, for a photo op. Right, he was going to fill up at the pumps and look, look what we're doing here. And it didn't, it didn't go well. Uh, he couldn't figure out the nozzle. He couldn't like quite get it secure in the uh, like in the gas tank. And he was trying to give the thumbs up, but then also rattling the nozzle around. It just it's a bit of a boof. He boofed a bit. Um, and I guess then I didn't see this in the video, but he also had trouble figuring out his credit card after that. It's just like, oh man. Here's the headline I saw though about that though, which I. Th- I, th- I thought it was super funny. Alberta's premier fumbles with fuel pump. Expert says it could cost him votes. And like, to me, that is hilarious. I mean, it's, it's also, it's also performative. Like the photo op to begin with, like there he is in his drag and he's, he's just like you and me drives a drag and then he can't get the pump to work. And that's apparently going to cost him votes. Like, ah, oh, I like him. He drives a truck like me, but he can't work the pump. I'm not voting for him. Like, who is this voter? Who is this voter? I could see, though, maybe if you were at the Costco lineup and the pumps are lined up so deep, right? And the pressure is on when it's your turn. You got to be quick. If he was boofing like that at Costco, then I might lean out my window and give him like a figure it out, bud. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. If you listen to the show regularly, you will know that we often make fun of the lyrics from certain country songs. There are a lot of great lyrics in country music. There's also a lot of really bad lyrics. Um, do you know this song? It's Different for Girls by Dirks Bentley. It's different for girls When their hearts get broke They can't take it back together With a whiskey and cold. It's all about how, you know, a breakup is different for girls. That's a, not exactly a feminist anthem here. Um, beautiful song, though. Elle King is singing on it, too. She's doing the background vocals great harmonies it's a nice song um but let, let's go line by line here which is some of the issues with this song okay okay right there we're starting with a big grammatical error and ask shauna about how she how she feels about this when it drives her crazy when her boyfriend says like the tv remote is broke no no the remote is broken you broke the remote someone with no money is broke their heart gets broken Okay, next line. Okay, let me tell you that if you do experience heartbreak, man or woman, trying to drink your way out of it, uh, not a great strategy. Honestly, buddy, not good. I mean, like sometimes you got to, you know, let yourself bang bang a few back and then just kind of sit in your feelings. I get that. But it'll take more than a, a whiskey and Coke to get through a true heartbreak. I mean, overall, it kind of like downplays how a man might feel coming out of relationship. A relationship. It goes on to say that he could just go out and like hook up with other girls and stuff. But I mean, that's not that's not true for anyone, for everyone, right? Maybe in general. Um, I'm going to apologize for for this right now, but we got to do it. Hey, Dirks, what else is different for girls? It's different for girls when they have to piss. They can't do it while they're standing. They would probably miss. VNS in 20 minutes or less. Uh, Shauna was supposed to be here this morning. She got stuck in the mountains because they had to close the road between Revelstoke and Golden due to some heavy, heavy snowfall and I think some avalanche control. Uh, so she should be back tomorrow provided the roads are good and she can safely get here. But when Shauna is away, my wife McKenna contributes to the show with her version of what she, she thinks the X929 morning news should be. Shall we? Shall we do that now? McKenna's. X929 News. 
I usually read this word for word. Uh, I'm happy to announce my return. Thank you, Shauna, for getting stuck in the mountains. She says, maybe insert a cute emoji face here. You know, the one with its tongue sticking out. Really demonstrating a lack of understanding of the medium of radio here, McKenna. But that's, mm, <laughs> that's the, the tongue emoji. She says, I think we probably have to start with Bachelor Nation news, don't you? Tyler Cameron from Hannah Brown's season was caught kissing the Hill star Kristen Cavallari yesterday. Cavallari comments, she is finally ready for a serious relationship. Her divorce to Jay Cutler ended in April 2020 after being together for nearly 10 years. Rachel and Gabby from Clayton's previous more bachelor previous season have been announced as the two new bachelorettes. The two women will stay the whole time, unlike in Caitlin Bresso's season, where only one of the two girls could be the bachelorette. This will certainly add a different dynamic to the show, as the girls could be dating a few of the same men at the same time. Filming has started about a month ago, and we will be able to watch this new season as early as July. This summer's new hottest beachwear is the minimal net cover-up. She says, now describe how it looks here, maybe with an accent to make it sound more sexy. She says, it kind of looks like you're caught, if you're a fish caught in a net, you're a caught fish in a net. You're a caught, it kind of looks like you're a caught fish in a net. Rough sentence. Uh, with this new trend, just think of all the things that could potentially get stuck in here. And it does look very much like a fisherman's net. Uh my wife McKenna's news. And now you're informed, I guess. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Yesterday I was making a healthy and nutritious smoothie, and I went to add some Greek yogurt, some yogurt. And uh, I was looking at the at the container, and I was like, well, what is the expiration date on this thing? Because at this time of year, sometimes the expiration date can be a little unclear. Depending on the brand and how they write their expiration dates, this brand did it with just two letters. So it said, best before... M-A. Well, is that May or is that March? They're both M-A. Like, would it kill them to add one more letter coming off the coming off the production line? Just whatever machine prints the best before date on there, just one more letter. M-A-R, M-A-Y, that would completely solve this problem and I wouldn't be talking about it right now. Because there is a bit of a difference between May and March when it comes to expiration dates. Not so much with yogurt. I mean, I'll eat slightly expired yogurt. It's already kind of expired by its nature. It's yogurt. But some products have slightly higher tolerances than that. So you look at it and you're like, hmm, M-A. It must be May. And then six hours later, you're in the bathroom. It was March! Oh, God, it was March! B and S in 20 minutes or less. Okay, so I got some more information on this. First of all, uh, Health Canada has a page that breaks down everything you need to know about best before dates, um, including the abbreviations. And... MR is March. Excuse me. Uh, MR is March. MA is May. So if you ever see that, uh, now you know. Also, I got a bunch of messages from people who said that MA is actually the abbreviation for best before in French, which is, are you ready for the Sasky pronunciation of this word? Melure avant, which means best before in French. So. Now I'm just really confused because you can see BB slash MA and then a number and I don't the MA might be May or it might be French best before and I don't know. Guts really hope you get this one right. VNS in 20 minutes or less. If you're following uh, the coverage of the war in Ukraine, there are now growing calls for Putin to face war crimes charges based on some of the accusations that have come to light over the last week or so. Really, really awful stuff. And, I mean, these calls are coming from everyone from 
President Biden to uh, Foreign Affairs Minister Melanie Jolie here in Canada. Uh, and Russia has denied committing war crimes, but I mean, that's that's not worth a whole lot, is it? I was listening to this this interview. Uh, it's just two commentators, and the one had a very interesting perspective on what using the term war criminal does in this situation. Because this this guy, he believes that he thinks that, that that it's necessary to give Putin some sort of off ramp to get out of this situation. And if you'll recall, when we had our our Russia expert. Uh, Professor David Marples from the U of A on the show, he was saying that the most likely end to this is is Putin's removal and whatever that looks like. But this commentator was saying if if Putin is now considered a war criminal by the international community, there's no way he negotiates, right? There's Because there's, there's no way out for him. The only options then for him would be, I mean, regardless of what happens, is to be tried as a war criminal at The Hague, to, to be killed by his own people or or to off himself probably. And that's why this this guy I was listening to, he thought it was important to offer him some sort of off-ramp, some sort of exit strategy to end this conflict with as little bloodshed going forward as, as possible. And I'm not saying I agree with that, and, and I know that'll be a really unpalatable idea to a lot of people. I just thought it was an interesting perspective. Like, if, if, you, if you were given the choice and you could end the war and stop the killing, but it would mean that Putin escaped justice and lived out the rest of his life fairly comfortably with his billions of dollars. It would suck, but most of us would probably take that option. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I saw this funny post from a friend of mine on Instagram uh, about boobs. Not Shauna's friend boobs, but boobs the body part in general. And she's, Here's what it said. I'll just read it to you word for word. What do boys even find attractive about boobs? They are literally balls of fat on my chest. If you can love me for the fat on my chest, why can't you love me for the fat on my stomach, you piece of shit? <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. And he wouldn't, I mean, we don't even have to say, to direct this question at boys specifically. I think there are lots of women that like boobs too. But um, I think that's, I mean, that's proof that you don't have a choice in the matter, right? That we really, we really have no say over what we find attractive because on its surface, that post makes perfect sense. You're right. It's just bags of fat. And you like one and you don't like others, or some people like this one but not that one. You you don't you can't choose what you're attracted to, can you? I mean, have you have you heard of some of the kinks people have? If you could choose what you're attracted to, there are some things that nobody would pick. And yet they are still attracted to that. So I think that's proof that we are all at the mercy of our own biology. We evolved to like boobs, and we like boobs, and we can't say why, but we like boobs. And please, please show us boobs. BNS in 20 minutes or less. There's a friend of this show who I follow on Instagram. His name's Cody Schmidt. Uh, he used to live in Calgary. He used to have a great scullet, too. But he uh, moved out to BC. He's big into backcountry snowmobiling. And I saw on Instagram that the other night he had to spend the night on the hill because one of their group was injured and the rescue couldn't get in. They had to wait till morning. Uh, Cody's on the phone right now. So, so what, what happened here? So basically it started out as like a really unassuming day, like went up late to having a time. And then uh, the accident occurred on our way of moving back out of the area. And this was a, this is a friend of yours? Uh, it's three Swedes that are here actually riding uh, for one of the Stoneville brands. They've okay. been out here for two weeks or so, three weeks. So they're out of country, which makes it even scarier for them on the fact of yeah. they're not in Sweden, they're in Canada. Yeah. So got injured called the heli right away the heli was like we're not flying in the dark because it was seven o'clock couldn't get her back to the cabin because there's just a couple really big shoot poles that we wouldn't be able to get her down knowing that she had a back injury 
and uh, figured we're staying the night. So luckily I ride with uh, a good group of guys, or it was just my one buddy. And the Swedes turned out to be really good to deal with. They were all really helpful as well, and we just started digging a pit, got a fire going. So that that part of it's interesting to me because, I I mean, I don't have any wilderness survival training, but I wouldn't even even thought to dig down to the ground to start the fire, right? Because you can't start on top of snow. Yeah, because we've had fires and it's like in a couple hours, the fire will burn down six feet. So the last thing we want to do is like get Marielle into any kind of shelter or anything. And then we have to dig it down to get next to the fire again. Yeah. So we figured we dig our three and a half meters down and get to the ground knowing once we get her in there, we're not going to have to move her until the heli comes in the morning. Have you ever had to stay on the hill before overnight? No, not yet, but uh, I've had a couple of buddies that have, so learned a bunch from them. So, okay. So you get her down into the pit by the fire and, and then what, then you're just waiting till morning. Yep. Search and rescue showed up around 12 o'clock. They came with a chainsaw, which was nice because hand sawing wood gets old quick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they brought some pizza. Uh, medic came, just checked her vitals. And then, uh, honestly, like it went really well for the situation we were in. The weather was good. It wasn't that cold. Tried to stay in good spirits, cracking jokes, and just, you know, hang out for the night. It was kind of like staying up all night. This woman, Mary Ellis, uh, what kind of shape is she in now? Uh, she's doing good. She's walking around at the hospital. Um, her L3 is cracked, and then her lung was partially collapsed. Oh, man. I, I've, I watch your videos, and I mean, anybody listening should follow you on Instagram, too, because your, your snowmobiling videos are sick. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, man. At code underscore Meister. Yeah. One thing that I want to tell anyone that goes into the backcountry, whether it's the summer, especially if it's the winter, bring stuff that like you never think you'll need, because between all of us, we went through pretty much all of our gear trying to keep Marielle warm and then later on in the night trying to keep yourself warm. What what kind of stuff do you think is essential to have in your pack if you're going back there? Definitely fire starter. Like okay. fire is everything. If we didn't have fire, it wouldn't have made the night much more difficult. Um, spare food. Make sure you always bring more water. Because right. like come spring riding, Mo was like, oh, I'll leave a water bottle at home. We won't be out that long. And by three in the morning, I was really wishing I brought more water. Okay. Uh, anything else? Snacks. Snacks. Definitely snacks. <laughs> <laughs> Fire starter, yeah. water, snacks. Yeah. And then like a saw to cut wood, just things that can keep you going through the night and extra layers, especially in the winter. Like minus five doesn't sound bad, but minus five for, I think we were on the mountain for 22 hours. Wow. You start to get a little chilly. So. Wow. And keep busy. Like that's one thing I noticed to cut, like I went and sat in the fire around three and it was it was nice, but once I got out, I was like, "Ooh, it's cold out here." Uh, before that, I was sawing logs, kind of shoveling snow still, and just trying to keep myself busy to keep myself warm. Another thing, if you are going out and you're doing all this extreme stuff, make sure you have a good crew because <laughs> yeah. that's everything. Like those Swedes turned out to be like the nicest people ever. Like, and they helped out so much just by like staying in good spirits. No one was getting scared or worried. It was all just like we'd discuss a plan, the plan would get done, and we'd move on, move forward, and just. Keep figuring the night out. Man, well, that's a, that's a pretty wild story. Thanks for, for telling it. Yeah, no problem, man. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I was laughing with some friends. They uh, they were telling me they had gone for dinner at Starbelly Restaurant, uh, which is down in Seton, way down there in the, the deep south, the dirty south, down by South Health Campus. And uh, they both live in the inner city, and they said the meal was fantastic. But they're like, it was basically, we're so far away from downtown, we're basically in the country. And I was <laughs> like well no Seton is still very much part of the city I mean people who live in the in the far suburbs 
don't really like being reminded that they're that far from downtown. And as someone who is looking at, you know, maybe buying a place a little further out, I don't like that reminder either. Like, yeah, I know. I know. I'd live closer to downtown if I could afford it, but can't. So I was like, you guys are being a little, you guys are kind of being inner city snobs here. You're being, you're being inner city snobs. Oh, the new suburbs. You might as well invite me to your place on the moon. <laughs> Will I be noticeably older by the time I arrive at your house? <laughs> I almost got lost as everything looks the same out here. It lacks the character of my inner city neighborhood. <laughs> really, I won't even set foot in a house built after 1960 unless it's an infill. <laughs> Can you honestly even say you live in the city? when you're this far out? I was listening to this podcast the other day and the hosts were talking about all the different roles Nicolas Cage has turned down over the years. And that surprised me because I didn't think Nicolas Cage ever turned down a role based on some of the roles he's played. There's even that that skit that went viral of him accepting every offer his agent put in front of him. I don't know if you ever saw that one. It's pretty funny. Um, I know like, Nicolas Cage is one of those actors that can drive some people crazy. I know there are people who like won't watch movies that he's in, but I love him. I think he's great. And so did Roger Ebert. I don't know if you ever heard Roger Ebert's opinion on... He, he wrote an essay about the movie Adaptation, and he talked about how great Nicolas Cage is, and he said he thinks he's one of the great male actors of all time. He said up there with De Niro and Nicholson and Pacino. He said because he never, as Roger Ebert put it, he, Nicolas Cage never winks at the audience. Like, he never... He commits to every role 100%, no matter how improbable the character is. And that's admirable. I think I agree with Roger, but that is admirable. Admirable. But I learned from this podcast that one of the roles Nicolas Cage was supposedly offered and turned down was the role of Aragorn in Lord of the Rings. Now, I don't know if that means a lot to you if you're, if you're not a Lord of the Rings fan, but um, that role, of course, went to Viggo Mortensen, and he played it so well that in my mind... Viggo Mortensen is Aragorn. Like, even if I go back and read Lord of the Rings now, I can't not picture Viggo Mortensen as Aragorn. Um, and I, like I said, I love Nicolas Cage as an actor, but that role would have been very different. In fact, I think it would have been a very different movie if Nicolas Cage was playing Aragorn. He's too crazy. He's just, he's just way too crazy. And, like, even his voice, I don't do a very good Nicolas Cage, but... My friends, you bow to no one. <laughs> this doesn't doesn't sound right, does it? I would have gone with you to the end, into the very fires of Mordor. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. In my internet travels yesterday, I came across this article in a health and wellness publication, and this is the title. I'm a sleep expert, and these four throat and mouth exercises may ease snoring. You can imagine my embarrassment at learning that I've been skipping throat day at the gym all these years. I've been skipping mouth. In my time in gyms over the years, I've met a few guys who definitely aren't skipping mouth. They're working more mouth than anything in there. But, I mean, snoring is a serious problem. I, I understand that, especially for, I mean, your partner, right? If you share a bed with somebody, that that sucks. And if you don't get sleep, we've talked before on this show about how lack of sleep is... It's basically an epidemic in, the, in our society at this point, and it has serious repercussions. So this is one of those things that causes it. Here, let's go through the four, the four exercises that they recommend you can try to help ease snoring. Uh, number one, practicing myofunctional therapy. So this is like 
physical therapy exercises, but mostly of the face, tongue, and mouth. Um, and apparently there are professionals who can who can put you through the paces here. Number two, pronouncing vowels repeatedly. And number three, singing. And both of these are supposed to kind of tone the muscles in your throat and result in less of the floppy tissue that causes snoring, according to this doctor here. And tip number four for exercises you can do to help reduce snoring, playing the didgeridoo is what it says. I was reading through this and I was like, four kind of came out of nowhere, didn't it? Playing the didgeridoo. I mean, is this something just anyone, anyone can do? Like... Yeah, well, we have our bedtime routine. I mean, we put the kids to bed, and then my wife reads for a bit, and I try to get half an hour or so of didge in. Just try to get, find playing a bit of didge relaxes me before bed. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Holy hell, was it windy last night. And it's going to be windy again today, especially down south in the province where it is often windier than it is here. Uh, and then the wind is supposed to die down. As you know, if you listen to the show, I do not like the wind. Shauna always makes fun of me that she says... The wind can be nice. It can be a refreshing breeze. Not where I'm from. Not where I'm from. I mean, she's from Brampton, where it does get hot enough and, and humid enough that the wind, I could see it being a, a nice welcome breeze, a bit of relief in the summer. Where I'm from, the wind takes minus 35 and turns it into minus 50. So I do not enjoy the wind. Um, but I was looking, I was like, I'm sure at some point we have made the wind sexy on this show to try to change my mind about the wind. And I went looking through our archives, and yes, Five years ago, we did this. So the X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna would have been in its infancy at this time. But we did make the wind sexy. And it was a, it was a different sounding segment back then. I'm going to play it for you. Pressure. Turbulence. Wind sock. Ooh. Airstream. Ah. I want a tornado, do you? Take it breezy, it's my first time. <laughs> That's a typhoon you got there. Give me some shinoki. <laughs> I'm flattered, but I'm Gale. <gasps> You've been listening to the BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have BNS in 20 minutes or less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.